0: who knows? Happy Monday, everybody! Welcome back. We are back in Los Angeles. Well, I'm back in Los Angeles, finally here at AfterBuzz TV Studios, broadcasting from uh, from here, not from my Connecticut living room or library or wherever I did some of our Patreon episodes. I have very little voice, unfortunately. This is my sexy
1: voice. Yes. Babe. Um,
0: didn't sound sexy yesterday. Yesterday I sounded like Minnie Mouse. And it was really embarrassing, actually, because I was in Coffee Bean getting a a tea. And for some reason, every police officer in town was in there. And so I went up to order and I struck struck up a conversation with the officer. I said, hey, is this like the new headquarters? What's going on? And he's like, no, I just wanted to buy coffee for all my team. I said, oh, that's amazing. I'm like, let me buy. I'm like, I'd love to buy for you guys. You keep us safe. Thank you so much. And he's like, no, 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 this is my treat for them. And I go, no, no, no I'd love to treat you guys. And then we're like having this fight. And I go, wait. I don't want to ruin your treat. <laughs> I go, so if it's that kind of thing, then you do this, I'll get you next time. <laughs> but I'm like, I swear I don't sound like this normally, just so you know. Normally I have a really like much better voice than this. I go, right now I sound really like Minnie Mouse.
1: That's really cute though. <laughs> what
0: a good interaction. Can you imagine there I am and all of a sudden I open my mouth and I sound like this and I'm getting more mini as I'm talking. But <laughs> forgive me everybody for being under the weather uh our quote of the day the 18 to 40 to 60 rule oh boy okay (laughs) at 18 you can care at 18 you care what everyone thinks at 40 you don't care what anyone thinks i don't really think i'm there yet shit (laughs) 41 and i still kind of care kind of It's not all out of me yet. It's
1: not a lot, though, Maria.
0: Yeah, it's not that bad. Okay. And at 60, you realize no one ever cared about what you thought. They were busy worrying about themselves. Dr. Daniel Amen, who happens to be our guest today.
1: You can bring up that problem with him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I had the unfortunate um, grooming, let's say, of having it really embedded into my system that I had to care what everybody else thought of me. So unwinding all that training is, you know, is a thing.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine. You've made so much progress, though. I
0: have. Thank you for noticing. (laughs) Um, Again, I, uh, I will call back to the fact that I'm sick. I realize I get sick once a year now, and I fight it like hell, and sometimes it will be a little worse than others. Like last year at our Christmas holiday party for AfterBuzz, I was ill and had lost my voice. And so I rolled into our party this week as well, Last on Friday, and had no voice again. (laughs) I was like, I can't go to my holiday parties ever and have fun. I'm always sick. And I remember going to the doctor on Saturday morning and he was like, well, I really would love to give you a different antibiotic, but you're allergic to penicillin. He's like, I don't like giving you Z-packs all the time. I'm like, but I'm never sick, doctor. And he's like, well, last year, actually, at this very time, you were. And I was like, you're right. I really was. I remember. One year
1: ago, oh, yeah, because of the Christmas party. Yeah,
0: so I remembered when I was at the holiday party this year that it felt familiar that I was sick last year.
1: (laughs) It must be the weather change.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because
1: everyone I know is sick right now.
0: Well, I also think when you're running hard in life – when you know, like, the holidays are upon you, like, maybe that's kind of also you're, you're starting to also load yourself up with holiday parties and other things. And I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I'm medicated people. I have antibiotics in my system. <laughs> I got chloroseptic sitting over here. I keep having these crazy <laughs> coughing fits that are, like, violent and really not good. Um, and I think because of the remaining tumor I have... It's even worse because it affects my nerves around my face. And so I feel now like I have an elephant foot in the back of my mouth. In moments, imagine this massive foot, but it's like where your molar is. It's so crazy. Of pressure? Yes.
1: Oh.
0: It's the creepiest feeling in the world. So, yeah. So yesterday... I had a secret project I was working on in the morning, and I couldn't move it. I was in bed, and a lot of times I can't stay in bed. I've answered my pants, but this time I really needed to stay in bed. I wasn't feeling well, but I had no choice. I had to go, and I kept it short for my little secret project that's coming up. And um, I made it back home. I got into bed for the rest of the day and the rest of the night. So. I think I could be a lot worse right now had I not yeah, rested. Yeah,
1: taking care of yourself. So. And you have another busy day today. Yeah. But yep. when did you first meet Dr. Eamon?
0: Okay, so Dr. Amen, uh like most people, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and only he would appreciate that because he's a brain doctor and he's seen my scans and he knows that my brain needs a little help. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Let's see. How do I know Dr. Amen? I mean, I know I met him interviewing him for this show, trying to think of who connected us. Maybe Kelly Noonan-Goras. Mm. Um, but I really, I really loved his approach to things, and we went and scanned my brain, and he um, told me where I needed to do some work, and I've been applying the things. So I do look forward to getting a second scan to see the progress. But I love what he's been doing in the Alzheimer's area. Um, he's doing a documentary with Lisa Gibbons and the reversing of the approaching Alzheimer's that she was. She So she was en route to Alzheimer's mm. and it's in her family. And they've reversed a lot of its progress with his protocols. And they've been filming this. So I think he's pretty incredible. Of course, he works with the NFL concussion protocols and... He's he's pretty gangster, and and uh, this new book, The End of Mental Illness, I thought was really important because he wants to reframe the discussion from mental health to brain health. And I think that's really important because all of the stigmas really prevent people from getting help, and a lot of people are confused by mental illness, right, or brain health. They don't know what to do, and it's it is. It's a really hard thing, the brain. Um, I know just from my, my little experiences with brain tumors, it's really hard to predict. Um, it's not one size fits all. And um, and his approach is, is really interesting, and I think it's going to really change the game because we have to. Um, too many people are being misdiagnosed It's time to make your life a little easier and to help you out. I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there, this little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Or getting on medications that perhaps are doing them more harm than good. Yeah. And he's had so many case studies that have proven um, that there are other ways to kind of skin this cat. I don't like that term because I don't like thinking of skinning a cat. So I don't know why I just said that. But, but I completely agree. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: we all know someone. <laughs> Minnie Mouse
0: hates cats. That's why. Was, right? Yeah. So that was passive aggressive. Me being Minnie, I think I just channeled her. That's so messed up, guys. <laughs> but
1: reading the book, which comes out in March 2020, So, mm. and we'll put the link everywhere, it was so crazy that I haven't thought about it the way that he thinks about it. And the fact that we have so many people around us who have been diagnosed with depression or in the ones listed, mainly depression, anxiety, PTSD, ADD, I know probably over a hundred people who have diagnosed with one of them. And if you look at the model of how psychiatrists are supposed to diagnose you, it doesn't even make sense. It's the most simple thing for the most complicated, complicated thing which is our brain. so in it, the way he approaches it, I can't wait for you to talk to him about it because it just makes a lot more sense to approach people with like what are you eating what are your daily habits yeah. what's your mentality like all those things that you just don't really think about you're just like oh I feel bad so I must yeah. be depressed
0: well and again These are the not so exciting ways to attack stuff, right? Because it requires a lot of dedication, a lot of tough sacrifices. You know, he's gonna take you down a clean diet path. And that's not that fun for people. Trust me. I was in bed last night, wasn't feeling good. And I was like, oh, I really wish we had some snacks, honey. And so we're thinking, do we get donuts? Do we get pancakes? Do we get Doritos? What do we get? Luckily, we were both too lazy to do anything. And luckily, I still couldn't find anything on Postmates that made me excited. So we ended up with some coconut yogurt and an apple. Okay. That was a much better choice. But, you know, it's easier to take a pill and want it to be done with. Um, but I know a, fr- a very good friend of mine who went to the doctor because he was talking to other friends. And they're like, you have ADD. That's why, you know, these things are happening to you got on um, Adderall and was feeling amazing, like crushing the game, doing triple the work that he would ever do. And all of a sudden started having these massive lows and, um, literally like not wanting to live. It was really bad and getting sick. And his friend was like, it's the Adderall. And he flushed down the toilet one day and that was it. And he got definitely better. Um, But it's, you know, it's kind of crazy how quick we are to just throw these different medications at people.
1: Yeah. And uh, my one friend right now, who they tried to prescribe with a bunch of antidepressants, and that is the only solution sometimes. And I'm definitely not saying it's not. But a lot of times, that easier way of taking a pill that can affect you in such a greater way. Like it mutes your personality as opposed to just doing a little bit of the harder work in the beginning. If you can, if it makes sense for you and your body, then that just reaps way longer benefits and you get to keep what's yours.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, everybody's different. Some yeah. people need it. Yeah. Um, but I think Dr. Eamon's going to be able to teach us a lot today. So, um, let me tell you a little bit about his background. So the Washington Post called Dr. Daniel Amen the most popular psychiatrist in America, and Discover Magazine listed his brain imaging research as the top neuroscience story for 2015. He's double board certified psychiatrist, 10-time um, 10 10 time New York Times bestselling author with blockbuster books like Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, Healing ADD, Memory Rescue, and so many more. In March 2020, his book, The End of Mental Illness, which we're talking about today, will be published, and we're going to be talking with him today, of course, about that. So many of us are dealing with or know someone with mental illness, but what if the way we are being diagnosed is all wrong? Dr. Amen is changing the way we are diagnosed, and most importantly, the way we can heal. So without further ado, let's chat with Dr. Daniel Amen. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too.
1: Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free.
0: Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer.
1: Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
0: and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. Dr. Raymond, thank you so much for being on the show again.
2: Hi, Maria. What a joy to see you.
0: Thank you. You're in Costa Mesa?
2: I am at our biggest clinic uh, where we get to do all the fun things we do.
0: So what is the difference between Costa Mesa's clinic and all the other ones that you have?
2: Well, it's about four times the size. and uh, But all the clinics do all the things we do, from the imaging work to things like hyperbaric oxygen Mm -hmm. and helping people have brains and better lives.
0: I love it. You know, this book isn't coming out um, for a few months, but we got our hands on the, you know, the advanced copy. And I really think you're going to make major changes in this arena, which is obviously the goal of this book, because you want to reframe the discussion You want to reframe um, how people discuss mental illness. And you hate the word, in fact, mental illness and psychiatric disorders.
2: So ever since I have been a psychiatrist, so I decided 40 years ago to be a psychiatrist after someone I love tried to kill herself. And I um, brought her to see a wonderful psychiatrist. And I came to realize if he helped her, it wouldn't just help her it would help her family, it would help her children, even her grandchildren as they would be shaped by someone who was happier and more stable. But I hated the term mental illness because what we deal with are brain illnesses. And if you don't separate those two things, people think, well, it's your fault. Um, You can snap out of it. But nobody thinks that of heart disease mm-hmm. or of cancer or of diabetes and when i started looking at the brain in the late 80s i'm like these are brain issues they are brain issues that steal your mind and psychiatry hasn't decreased stigma one bit since the late 1970s when i decided to be a psychiatrist and it's time we do that and we do it by changing the discussion plus it's more accurate. And not only does it decrease stigma, people see their problems as medical and not moral. Mm-hmm. So it decreases shame and guilt. It increases compliance. And the thing I love the most, it is increases forgiveness and compassion from their families. If we can see these as medical and not a choice on your part. And so often, and I went to a Christian medical school, I went to Oral Roberts university and many people there, it's like, well, you're depressed because you have sin in your life or you're depressed because you made bad decisions. And when I started looking at the brain, I went, no, you're depressed because you had a brain injury or you're depressed because you have Lyme disease or you're depressed because you work in a toxic factory. Um, that it's just so much more complicated than people think. And so the end of mental illness is really about changing the paradigm. And, and what I've also seen is if you have better brain habits, you feel better, you focus better, your anxieties less. And so the end of mental illness really is going to begin with a revolution in brain
0: health. I love that. I love medical, not moral, because it's so easy in our culture to disregard people and say, oh, they're just crazy. They're never going to get better. And when you think about it as brain health, now you think there could be a solution, right? There's there's solutions for diabetes and um, heart problems and thyroid issues. And so when you think about it like that, there's hope, but when you think about it as a mental illness, the stigmas that are around that um, make it seem so hopeless, and and that they're lesser or they shouldn't be a part of our society. I mean, it's it's really sad.
2: It's it's really sad what happens. I'm doing a program with the Newport Beach Police Department for six months. I'm creating a brain healthy. Police department. And what we know about police officers is they have double the risk of suicide as the general population. I mean, that really should just horrify us all. And they're in a chronically stressful job. But to raise their hand and go, help me, I'm anxious, or help me, I'm sad, or help me, I'm not sleeping, or help me, my marriage is crumbling. They often believe they're the helpers and that they should not need help. And that's just not a helpful mindset. And what I tell them, I'm like, look, if you're a business person and your business was having trouble and you denied it was having trouble, your business is likely to become bankrupt. And if you deny you have problems... You know, you may end up with an addiction, lose your job, lose your marriage. So getting people to say, oh, I want a better brain is so much more palatable than saying my mind is broken. Help me.
0: Yeah. Also with the police officers, they're in fight or flight constantly. So I'm sure that has a huge impact on the brain, right?
2: No question. That it actually re um, it remodels their brain to make it always looking for trouble. Now, at some point, they need to be looking for trouble. So,
0: all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do: snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused kind of snacks I used to use, where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're gonna love them.
2: When they're on duty, they need to be aware. But they don't need that when they go home and they're dealing with their teenage child. Yeah. Um, and so I talked to them about how to shift from this state to that. So being hyper vigilant when you need it, and then being able to shift away from it when you don't.
0: I remember when you scanned my brain. That was one of the things that popped up for me because I'm always I've always been in fight or flight. So that's why I, I knew that about them. Um, you dedicated this, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, to your nieces, right?
2: I did. Yeah. Uh, She spent the night with me last night. Alizé, who's 14 and um, almost 15, and Amelie, who's 10, they are loaded for mental illness. They have a family history of schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, addictions, depression, um, and, but you know, I always say genes only load the gun. It's your behavior, what happens to you, that pulls the trigger. And unfortunately for them, they were also raised in chaos uh, with parents who suffered with addictions, domestic violence, depression. And then about four years ago, they were taken by Child Protective Services into foster care. And at the time, I had actually not seen them since they were very little because um their mother and my wife were estranged from each other because of their mom's drug abuse uh but when i heard they were in foster care it was actually the worst week of my marriage because i'm like well we have to go get them that's not okay <laughs> yeah and my wife it's like you're gonna invite crazy into your life. Well, you know, I'm a psychiatrist. I've been dealing with crazy for a very long time. And, um, but what we decided to do um, was wrap services around her mother, um, really help her beat her addiction. And then on Mother's Day 2017, she got the kids back. And then I adopted all three of them. And, and the end of mental illness is how do we eliminate mental illness in these girls and in their babies and grandbabies. And uh, this, you know, I've written 40 books. This one is my favorite because it's just right in the center of my purpose.
0: I think um, one of the things that I loved about that story was that it seemed like such a quick turnaround you know, someone who's got that many issues that they're dealing with. And within what, two years, they're able to get their kids back. And then the kids fared really well. They're A students. And and doing so well, what, what were the things that you did for all three of them to get them better?
2: So, you know, I talk about it in the book, you know, I think of people always in four big circles, uh, that there, we all have a biology. So what's going on in their brain? You know, so for example, the mom had ADD. She also had, that was never treated. She also had a very interesting visual processing disorder called the Erlen syndrome. I R L E N. Oh, that's with Anyone the eyes. Yes, anyone who has um, headaches or can't concentrate, um, they're irritable, they're light-sensitive, they should be screened for this thing called Erlen. Um, And she'd been in 19 car accidents, so you know she was dealing with traumatic brain injury. But it's like, why are you in 19 car accidents? And it was because of the visual processing problem. So getting the mom right and into a 12-step program, which has been very helpful for her. And then when I scanned the kids, um, it it was actually a surprise. The the older one, Alizé, is very bright, but she was really struggling with focus in, in school. And she had a terribly low blood flow scan. And I'm like, why does her brain look so bad? And I put her in a hyperbaric Chamber and gave her some supplements uh, to really boost blood flow to her brain. And she was her eighth grade graduation speaker. I mean, I like cried the whole time. Um, and the little one had a brain that was working way too hard, that being taken by Child Protective Service and being raised in a home of substance abusers, which is very common. 60 million people in America grew up in either alcoholic or drug-affected homes, and it traumatizes you. Um, Her brain was, her emotional brain was just on fire. And so balancing their brains and then teaching them So that's the biological circle. The psychological circle is teaching you not to believe every stupid thing you think. And so I call it killing the ants, the automatic negative thoughts that steal your mind. Um, And so working on those helped. Um, I actually have a children's book called Captain Snout and the Superpower Questions. And I had fun reading it to them. Then there's a social circle which is making sure they have a roof over their head, making sure that we have more effective parenting techniques than yelling um, or screaming. Um, So getting the social environment right, making sure they're in schools that um, serve their needs. And then there's a spiritual circle, which not very many psychiatrists talk about. But I'm absolutely convinced we all have souls. We all have a spiritual part to us. And so what is your deepest sense of meaning and purpose? Why are you on the planet? And working with them, taking them to church with us, having them know that the trauma is just it's not just about them, uh, that we can take the trauma and. I talk in the book about something called post-traumatic growth only about 10% of people who go through a trauma develop PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder Um, but about another 10% they actually take that trauma and become better that they actually realize that if they can survive that they can survive other things as well that they can see new possibilities Um, and so working at it it, biologically, psychologically, socially, and spiritually. That's really how we end mental illness. And the problem is today, um, people are getting psychiatric drugs and seven-minute office visits going, you have a chemical imbalance, take this, and completely ignoring three of the four circles that cause mental health
0: challenges. I want to talk about that because... You have said that medication can be insidious and, of course, in in a way where it's addictive, right? You bet. And it can also change your brain to need them in order to feel normal. So when is medication good and when is medication not so good? And how does the everyday person identify that for their family member or for themselves because there aren't a million Dr. Amens, right? There's only one Dr. Amen. If they can't get to you, how do they figure this out with the population of doctors that exist that maybe aren't caught up?
2: Well, and that's the reason I write. I mean, besides I love writing. I write so that I can take what I've learned and give it away. And so, so let's start with, I am not opposed to psychiatric medication. Um, I absolutely think they have a place. But it should never, never be the first and only thing you do. And that's basically what's happening. Eighty-five percent of psychiatric drugs are prescribed by non-psychiatric physicians or nurse practitioners or physician assistants in seven-minute office visits And when you start something, most people don't know that many of them are very hard to stop and that they change your brain. Um, That's what I meant by being insidious. They change your brain to need them in order for you to feel normal. So in The End of Mental Illness, I actually talk about, well, what are the things you should do before you go on an antidepressant Um, head to head? Against antidepressants, exercise has been shown to be equally effective. So walk like you're late, 45 minutes, four times a week. It's the first
0: thing. (laughs) I Um, love that. Walk like you're late.
2: (laughs) Head-to-head against antidepressants, omega-3 fatty acids have been found to be equally effective. Take three grams of omega-3 fatty acids.
0: to do anything else it is incredible i love it frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and enter the promo code heal squad for 15 percent off any product that's the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo code heal squad trust me you won't regret it
2: a day um head to head against antidepressants learning how to not believe every stupid thing you think um we call it killing the ants will you it's explain that
0: effective will you explain
2: for so automatic negative thoughts the thoughts that come into your mind automatically and ruin your day in second grade they should have taught you that whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control write down what you're thinking and then ask yourself if it's true can you absolutely know if it's true And I have eight different kinds of ants, like just the bad ants, where you're only focusing on what's wrong rather than seeing the big picture of the things that are wrong, but also the things that are right. Or fortune-telling ants, where you're predicting things are going to turn out badly. Or labeling ants, where you label yourself or someone else with a negative term. He's a jerk, she's cold, you know, whatever it is. Because whenever you label somebody, you lump them with all the people that were jerks and you can't deal with them anymore. And so labeling is very destructive. And And I've just found, and other researchers have found, that when we teach you how to manage your mind, how to discipline your mind, you're way less depressed. And so one of the first techniques I give my patients is I want 100 of your worst thoughts and then i'll teach you how to get rid of them and when you shine a light on the ants you know they scatter and the problem with ants is they infest things and they link so one ant um, i can't speak in public it's very common ant um will link to i won't get the job which that ant will then link to, I won't be able to pay my rent, which then links to, I'm gonna be homeless, which then links to, my wife's gonna divorce me. And all of a sudden, just because you're anxious about a presentation, you see yourself homeless and divorced. And learning how to break up those ants is a skill I believe we should teach all children because it'll help decrease um, depression. And so, before the antidepressant exercise omega three fatty acids, learning how to discipline your mind, and then if and then we need to make sure your thyroid's okay. Um, we need to make sure you don't have inflammation in your body, which is a very common cause of depression and dementia um, so looking at things like your c reactive protein, a measure of inflammation or your omega-3 index, it's just really important. And the heart, if you will, of the end of mental illness is if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it if it's headed to the dark place, you have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And that's where I think is causing the epidemic rise in mental health issues.
0: So, The timing of this interview is great because last week we were talking about your gut microbiome and how it affects everything in the vagus nerve that takes it up to the brain and how brain and depression and all of these illnesses, even Alzheimer's, are really connected to the gut. Um, I want you to explain to people from your perspective how important diet is for brain health.
2: So there's this fascinating study from Australia where researchers looked at two outer islands. One had fast food restaurants, the other one didn't. They measured their omega-3 index, so omega-3s compared to omega-6s in your body. The island without fast food restaurants had significantly higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids in their bloodstream. And five times less the level of depression. So the island with fast food restaurants, um, low omega-3s, five times the incidence of depression. It's the food. Food is so important. And one of my favorite writing devices in The End of Mental Illness, there's a whole section um, called If I Was an Evil Ruler. And I wanted to create <laughs> mental illness in So this is like the evil side of me. How would I do that? And uh, I would create the food system we have here in the United States where we have many food deserts where a lot of children, they actually don't know what vegetables are. I mean, it's truly horrifying that fast food has really um, overrun us and I think that's part of the epidemic rise of mental health problems. I published two studies on weight um, that showed as your weight goes up, the actual physical size and function of your brain goes down, which should scare the fat off anyone. But now, 40% of America is obese. I mean, when you and I were growing up, that wasn't even a discussion and now it's of epidemic proportions because when we took fat out of food when fat became the enemy it was replaced by sugar and uh, the incidence of obesity is just insane I'm so proud of you though for doing the microbiome uh, podcast that's so smart Because you have these hundred trillion bugs in your gut. And you have to think of them as your friends. Mm -hmm. You need to feed them and love them and nurture them. Because when they're unhappy, you're unhappy. They make neurotransmitters like serotonin. They detoxify you. They help you with digestion. Um, They're just absolutely critical to brain health. And when your gut's not right, you have a higher level of inflammation. So I talk about that in the inflammation chapter. And it's just something that so many people are suffering from and they have no idea. And people don't know that gluten, you know, in gluten there's all this controversy, should I have gluten? Should I not have gluten? Well, it causes leaky gut in a hundred percent of people who eat it. So is that really in your best interest?
0: Yeah, and it leads to so many diseases. That's the thing is gut health is your overall health for everything. Um, And and it's interesting because just like the ants link up, all these poor choices link up. And so your diet, poor choices in diet, you can confirm this obviously, but wouldn't your poor choices in diet also lead you to poor sleep? Poor sleep will then lead you to... um, Uh, poor performance, your brain, you will be more depressed because you've now eaten shit and you're not sleeping. Um, That whole cycle is really bad too.
2: I love that. Uh, It's absolutely true. So the mnemonic in the book is bright minds. Those are the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind and S is sleep. Because when you don't sleep or you eat poorly, it drops blood flow to your brain especially the front part of your brain. So the front part of your brain is really important. It's the most human thoughtful part of your brain. It's called the prefrontal cortex, largest in humans than any other animal, like by far, it's 30% of the human brain, 11% of the chimpanzee brain. So it's really what separates us from all other animals. And it's involved in things like focus, forethought, judgment, impulse control, organization, planning, empathy, um, it watches you. It's like the voice in your head that says, "Don't do that. Don't say that." Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't sleep or you've eaten bad food, blood flow to that part of the brain drops, and then you start making bad decisions. And our success in life, either with our relationships or our money or our health, is you know just as you said, it's a sum of all the decisions. That we make, and so if we're not loving our brain, nurturing our brain, sleeping for our brain, feeding our brain, um, we can go to all the Tony Robbins seminars we
3: <laughs> want.
2: Tony and I are friends. Yep. Um, Tony and I are friends, and I'm like, you got to get the hardware right first, and then you can program it properly.
0: Which is funny because if you go to one of his seminars, I'm also friends with Tony. He does an entire day on diet and food. And so he understands how important that is. But it's interesting because this summer I actually diagnosed Kevin, my husband, with just that issue. He was not sleeping and hasn't slept really in 20 years. We allow the dogs to sleep with us. And all of our dogs aged out and passed in this last year. And they needed multiple bathroom breaks in the middle of the night, which meant he never slept. bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. He was eating really poorly. And all of a sudden, sometime just before the summer and around the summer, he was not Kevin. He was very, very depressed, very angry, not himself. And you know, you've scanned his brain and you told him about his different brain traumas that have affected him. And I I was talking to our therapist and I said, I'm telling you, he isn't sleeping. That is the worst part of what he's dealing with right now. And then his diet. And when I made him aware of that, at first he scoffed it off. Then he thought about it, and he's like, oh, my God, you're right. I go, that's your problem. He's been making the adjustments again because he was on the train with you for a while (laughs) after your appointment. And um, and he has the Erlen syndrome as well, as you know. But this was a big thing for him, and he's made a complete turnaround and became Kevin again by sleeping better. We kicked the dogs out as hard as that was. We kicked the dogs out of bed. And we stopped he stopped eating bad things at night, um and even during the day he's eating better. But I can't express how much how important that is for people. Um, and so I wonder for people who are struggling so we could
2: call him depressed. Yeah. Or we could say his brain just needed better nourishment and sleep. And the whole idea behind the end of mental illness is let's stop calling these things. Because I actually hate the term depression. Because depression is like chest pain. You know, people don't never get a diagnosis of chest pain. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it doesn't tell you what's causing it or what to do for it. Right? You're not going to give everybody with chest pain nitroglycerin because you assume they have a blockage. No. I mean, chest pain could be from grief. It could be from an infection. It could be from a blockage. It could be from pneumonia. It could be because you have too much gas. Um, You you don't get a diagnosis of chest pain. Depression is exactly the same way. It's why depression does not mean you have a Prozac deficiency. (laughs) And most people don't know that virtually all psychiatric drugs, including Prozac, have black box warnings. Why? Why does the FDA think they should have black box warnings? Because you give it to the wrong person, you can hurt them. And getting a good night's sleep, there's no black box warning or exercise or not believing every stupid thing you think or taking probiotics to get your gut health improved. That's, or kicking the dogs out, right? Because if you're not sleeping, or you're exposed constantly to the allergens from animals. It impacts your immune system, mm-hmm. which is one of the right brain's risk factors. And that can keep you awake, which then causes this negative chain reaction. So give him my best. I'm so happy
3: he's doing better. I will. I will. I, I have a question, Maria. Yeah, And for, for Dr. Amen. I wanted to know, how do you break the cycle? Because we talked about the ants, and now we're talking about how lack of sleep can lead to faulty brain health but you know what if it's the anxiety from the ants keeping you up at night then then kind of creates this self-fulfilling prophecy of negativity what are like i i know you you go through it a little bit in the book of how to dismantle your ants but could you give us an example on air of like taking one kind of thought and how you dismantle it and break it down
2: absolutely so i um saw someone last week who was really depressed and irritable and anxious and the thought was that was keeping him up is that I am going to be like my father. Now his father abandoned uh, his children and was an addict and that thought just kept running around in his brain and so The first thing, you know, I love going to the whiteboard in my office. And so we wrote the thought down. So whenever you're sad, whenever you're mad, whenever you're nervous, or you can't sleep, write down what you're thinking. And then ask yourself what kind of ant it is. And I explain that in the book. But, you know, is that an all or nothing ant or just the bad ant or fortune telling. And so for him, it's a fortune telling ant where he's predicting things are going to turn out badly, even though he doesn't have evidence for it. So I'm going to turn out like my dad, write it down, identify it. It's fortune telling. And, and then they're basically five super simple questions. Um, And part of these come from my friend Byron Katie and her book, Loving What Is. But uh, I'm going to turn out like my dad, fortune telling. Is it true? That's the first question. And right away he said, no. He said, I'm with my children. I'm with my wife. It's just a negative thought that bothers me. And I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I'm just not. Positive thinking Means I can go to the restaurant for lunch, have three pieces of cheesecake, and it will not bother me. Right? I'm a fan of accurate thinking. So, what's the truth? The second question is, is it absolutely true? With 100% certainty, I'm going to be like my dad. And he's like, it's absolutely not true. The third question is what drives unhappiness, it drives pain, it drives suicide sometimes. The third question is, how do you feel? When you believe the thought, you're going to turn out like your dad. I hate myself. I feel like scum. I lost. I'm a failure. So you see the negative thoughts that are usually not true provide the fuel for anxiety, depression, even suicidal ideas. The fourth question is how would you feel if you didn't have that thought, if you couldn't have that thought? And almost always what people tell me is, I would feel free. And then we take the original thought, um, whatever it is. In this case, you know, I'm going to be like my dad. And we turn it to the exact opposite. I'm not going to be like my dad. And then you go, well, is that true? And he had so many examples where it was true. But if you don't write the thoughts down, they link with other ants. And they torture you. And there's a certain brain pattern, especially for my patients who have busy brains, is when they get a thought in their head, it's like a little mouse on an exercise wheel and the mouse can't get off. It loops. It just goes over and over and over mm-hmm.
0: again. But
2: I find I get them to write out the thought and take it through that super simple process is their rational brain is beginning to take over their emotional brain. And you always want, there's always this dynamic tension between your prefrontal cortex, your thoughtful brain, so I think of it as the writer, and your emotional brain, think of that as the elephant, that left untrained, it'll cause a stampede and ruin your lives and the lives of other people. You need to discipline or train your emotional brain, and you do it by having a strong prefrontal cortex or a strong thoughtful brain. Does that make sense? Definitely. Thank
0: you. So I know Kevin suffers from these ants linking up, right? And he'll tell me the same thing. I just hate that this is how I think or how I feel. If he does this exercise, which he does do some of it, he always asks, is this absolutely true from what he learned from you? And that will get his rational brain actually working. But how much do you have to do that exercise before you've disciplined your mind to not go there anymore? Is, is there a way to never have to go there again, like to heal yourself of those negative patterns and that negative thinking?
2: So a hundred times. So a hundred times to start and then you have to teach it to someone else Ooh. because when you teach it, you really know it. And, you know, I dearly wish, you know, I only had to do one five mile walk and my body would just stay healthy. <laughs> but but that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as I discipline my habits uh, for my body I have to do the same thing for my mind and in the book I also talk about tiny habits what's the smallest thing I can do today that'll make the biggest difference and whenever you feel sad mad nervous or out of control write it down and then just go is it true and you know if you do this a hundred times very quickly you just go what's the opposite of the thought that's bothering me like you know I had a thought my wife never listens to me and um Right now, I can go, my wife often listens to me, and then I can find 15 examples and the thought won't bother me, right? But you have to do a hundred of them. And then other tiny habits I love is the most important one is, this takes three seconds. Ask yourself before you're going to go do anything, is this good for your brain or bad for it? And if you love yourself and you have proper information You'll start making better decisions. And the decisions I make for my brain are never because I should do it. Yuck. I don't want to do that. Um, I actually grew up right near where you live and went to Our Lady of Grace uh, Catholic School. Um, and so I have a lot of should ants in my head. Shoulds <laughs> don't be quick thing. I do things because I love myself. So is this good for my brain? Then I want to do it it's bad for my brain I don't want to do it and I have this cool concept in the book I love on um, I only want to love food that loves me back that I mean I don't know if you've ever been in a bad relationship I certainly have and um, I'm not doing that anymore I'm just not and I'm damn sure not going to do it with food Uh, so people go but I love Doritos. (laughs)
0: Doritos.
2: <laughs> and and it's like, but does it love you back? And if it doesn't love you back, why are you in a relationship with something that, you know, that's like a therapy moment?
0: So good. I love how you you explain things and your analogies because it's so true. Why would you think you could, you know, walk five miles and all of this stuff? It just makes so much sense. And I think asking yourself, is this good for my brain? Um, is a really great question every time I want to buy chocolate or bag of Doritos. I'm going to say, is this good for my brain?
2: <laughs> well, the bag of Doritos is actually a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, uh, uh, And, you know, food companies purposefully, they hire neuroscientists like me to get the perfect meltiness, the perfect crunchiness, the perfect saltiness, so that it will addict your pleasure center. So, when I was growing up, Lay's had a commercial, Bet You Can't Eat Just One. And what they were basically saying is, We have created an addictive product, so you can't just eat one. And that's the evil it's an evil ruler strategy to make us fat, depressed, and feeble minded.
0: My jaw is agape. That is horrible. I mean, I guess I kind of knew that, but then just hearing it from you, um, yeah, that is just creepy. Well, Dr. Amen, I am so grateful for your time um, between my voice and our time constraints today. I have, to, I have to leave it there, but I will say I end my show every day with make good choices for a reason. And hopefully this interview will help people make better choices for their brain health and um, and change that conversation. And before I let you go, I have one last question. Um, What are you doing in your daily life to get better?
2: So I start every day with today is going to be a great day. And it feeds my mind to look for what's right rather than what's wrong. And I end every day with what went well today. And I love that exercise so much because, you know, my life probably like yours is just so busy that you go from this to that and it just causes me to reflect on what i loved about the day which actually sets my dreams up to be more positive because i'm feeding my brain things i love and things that make me happy and with better sleep then it's easier when you wake up to go today is going to be a great day
0: i love it Thank you so much, as always. And um, because of you, I'm dancing again. I have to say I'm so happy. I love, love, love it. Um, And so when we scan my brain next time, I expect to see major improvements.
2: Wow. Such a joy to see you again. I look forward to seeing you.
0: All right, guys. What have we learned?
1: Dr. Amen has opened the doors wide open to the way that I think about mental illness or the inexistence so to speak of mental illness but just brain health yeah i'm i'm texting a bunch of people right now (laughs) as soon as the show ends
3: isn't it amazing it's amazing how self-destructive we as humans are it seems like i know it's just like you go from you go from having a great day to just little negative thoughts just peeling away at your personality and just leading to everything else
0: yeah now we'll think about them like ants linking up it's like oh i see the pattern Let me spray some Raid on that shit. Yeah. You are
1: not invited, sir.
0: Go away. Go away, Ants. It's true, though. And I offer up what was going on with Kevin in case someone identifies with that because it makes so much sense. And even the therapist wasn't connecting it. The therapist started thinking other things that could also be true. Who knows? But I said, I think I figured it out. The man hasn't slept in 20 years, and definitely in the last, like, 10, really bad with our dogs. It's and not even
3: just not sleeping. it's He's, like, working 18 hours a day and not sleeping. Exactly.
0: It's all of that. And so now if you're feeding your body shit, if we all look at our bodies like cars, you got to put premium gas in to get to where you want to yeah. go. You can't put in milk inside of that car. Now, milk is a bad example. You can't put Windex in that car and think it's going to go wherever you want it to go. Um, it's just not. You've got to put the proper fuel in for your body to work. And so it's not fun. Like I said, trust me, I, I understand. But I'll tell you, I've really made so many so many conscious efforts since Viome to avoid liquor. Like I don't really drink ever anymore. Um, I the last time I drank, I think was my birthday in June... And maybe I've had a glass or two of wine since, but my Bud Light fridge is pretty alone. Um, I've been giving, you know, my Bud Light fridge no love, and I've really worked hard to make such better choices, and I can tell in my toilet. What? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) How to go there. No, because your stool says everything.
1: And it's the same thing... I, all these things keep clicking that's why I love this show because everyone is kind of saying same thing but different mm-hmm. expertise But you don't, you're not doing that because you're making good choices. You're doing that because you love yourself. You, you learn that it wasn't good for you. So it was like, you like, you love yourself enough to be like, I don't need that then. If that's what it means. If it means me living a healthier, longer life, I'm cool with, with no, no
0: alcohol. Yeah. We're going to talk more (laughs) about that in the after show. But before we let you guys go, thank you again, of course, for tuning in to our better together show. Um, If you like the show, if you love the show, please rate, comment, subscribe. Um, it means everything to us to hear from you guys. Do we have any new comments to share today, Stephen?
3: Yeah, I have one. I have two things I wanted to share. One okay. comment and one cool thing. One okay. is a comment by Clarice Gomez, who says, awesome podcast. Maria, host of the Better Together podcast, highlights all aspects of health, wellness, and more in this Can't Miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that's helpful to anyone that listens. Thank you. And then... Uh, I launched a – and we launched a Better Together Facebook group for all of our fans of Better Together. And when you request to join, you can find the link in the description of this episode or on Maria's Facebook page or our Twitter. Uh, It gives you a little survey of how this show has helped you. And how you listen to the show and what you've been applying to your daily life. And we're collecting them and we might do something really fun with those. So uh, go ahead and join the Facebook group. You don't have to be a patron to join it, but we will be posting little teasers of our Patreon episodes so you guys can be up to date on everything that we're doing here at Better Together.
0: Oh, yeah. And then if you like it, then maybe you'll become a Patreon member because we did just launch our Patreon for this show. Um, we've gotten so much positive feedback for this show that we wanted to be able to give you more. And so when you become a Patreon member, we get an extra episode of the show per week. You get um, the after show and some other goodies as well. So the whole goal of this is to make this show completely ad free and the only way we can do that is by getting you guys over to patreon so we keep seeing you guys come over and we're so grateful for you joining Um, if you haven't joined yet just go to patreon.com backslash better together with maria and you can join us at any different level um and we are so grateful for all of you guys who are joining and we want everybody to migrate over there so head on over it's really easy Um, and i think that's it anything else guys
3: no, I just really thought this was a dope episode. Really cool hearing him talk.
0: Yeah, yeah, really cool. Um, so, any words for Minnie? Because she's not coming back. <laughs> Minnie's out this week. Be
1: gone, Minnie. Yeah, Minnie, get out. we love
0: you, but get the F out. Go to Disneyland.
1: We'll see you there <laughs> soon.
0: Minnie will be heading back to Disneyland, guys. Maria Menounos will be back next Monday. I apologize for the voice. Um, I hope some of you found it sexy and not annoying. (laughs) I don't think it's quite sexy voice, just FYI, because I know the difference. When you have sexy voice, it's like, cool, this is like Minnie Mouse (laughs) voice. It's like dorky Minnie Mouse voice. Anyway, um, thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everybody, wherever you are. Scam has something to say. I just
1: want to say if you want to get the book, The End of Mental Illness. Oh, shoot,
0: I forgot the the promo. (laughs) Damn. Yes, actually. Okay, so if you want to get the book, you can pre-order it right scam yes
1: on Amazon on
0: Amazon the end of mental illness by Dr. Daniel Amen you can also visit Dr. Amen's clinics at www.amenclinics.com we've been there it's amazing they scan your brain they tell you what you need to do um and it's, it's amazing. So you just go to amenclinics.com. And of course, this book um, is going to teach you so much. It releases March 3rd, but you can pre order it on Amazon. In the meantime, follow us at Maria Menunos, at doc underscore amen, at Steph Sabra, at Stephen Lemieux Photo. And remember, be nice to people, make good choices, and be present.